Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring 20s Podcast. Today, we have on with us Katie Saltzman. Katie is a certified nutrition coach and personal trainer on a mission to change the health and fitness industry for women. We are so excited to have her. We have so many detailed questions for you, Katie. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's get started. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and if you don't mind saying how old you are since it's roaring 20s. Yes. Yes. Is it requirement to be in your twenties to be on this podcast? Absolutely. not. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So my name is Katie Saltzman. I am a personal trainer and nutrition coach, and I have this insane passion in life to just change the conversation around health with women. um, and to truly change the way that we approach it, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we view our bodies. Um, and I, I truly will, it's like a spark that's lit inside me and I feel like it won't stop, which is a good thing. Yeah. And I, I'm originally from Michigan, but I just moved out to Colorado maybe three months ago, just honestly moved out here. I didn't know anybody. I just sort of wanted to change my energy and environment and moved out to Colorado and I am 35. Love it. Love it. Love it. You guys, Katie has such an incredible energy. I like, I'm trying to think about how I even stumbled across your platform to begin with. And I honestly don't know. I just remember coming across it and just feeling like you were so genuine, so authentic. And me and Julia were like, we have to have her on the show. Um, And then after actually listening to your podcast, which check it out, guys, if you haven't yet, we'll definitely link it in the show notes. Um, it, It just feels so relatable, right? And I have a lot of things, if you will, when it comes to food and body that I've navigated in the past too. So I really just feel like I connected on such a deep level to so much of your story and continue to be really inspired by the way that you've navigated it and the way that you give back to people and give back to your body now. And I think one of the most empowering things for anyone that a lot of women in our audience, we talk a lot about food and body and all the things. And I think it's so inspiring to hear that, like, even in some of the most stressful times in your life over the past couple of weeks, like you've been able to navigate it without any, you know, old behaviors or stuff like that. It's, it's super cool. So I could compliment Katie all day, but I won't, I'm going to ask some questions about her. (laughs) Um, So Katie, if for people that don't know you, tell us your story. What were some of the most like impactful things that led you to where you are today in your career? Yeah, I, I I love that you said authentic because that that is a word that I just like try and really like emulate because it's something that I always didn't have. You know, I tried mm. to I spent most of my life trying to fit into this box that society really told me that I should fit into in a way that I should live. And now that I've been able to sort of navigate, you know, I think a lot of that led to some disordered eating and massive body image issues and becoming obsessed with food and nutrition. Because right, social media was sort of, it, it, was, it was just really growing um, as I was, you know, getting into like my early 20s. And that was really hard for me because it was like all of a sudden this massive amount of comparison just, just set in. And I became really overly obsessed with my body and with nutrition and with all these different things. So 
I, um, yeah, a little bit of my story is I was actually a hairstylist. I wasn't at all really into, like I'm a personal trainer now and a nutrition coach, but I wasn't into it at all. Like I did hairstyling, I went out, I partied, I did all of the things. And I got to a point where I was like so unhappy with my body and I was sitting there on social media constantly comparing. So I decided to sort of go on this journey to lose weight and did all of the wrong things. I mean, all of them, like every, everything they tell you, everything that diet culture really promotes, like the super low calories, the, um, you know, the keto, the intermittent fasting, the fasted cardio, I was doing it all. Mm. And, um, it worked for a certain amount of time, but it was very unhealthy. I mean, it was very unsustainable sustainable. Yeah. In any way. Yeah. And then I thought, and and it's funny because when I was at my lowest weight, I was my most unhappy with like Mm -hmm. the most disordered eating. And I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to become a personal trainer because that'll fix everything, right? Like that, that I thought like getting this certification would all of a sudden fix my, my problems and it would become easy for me. And it actually became harder. I went from my lowest weight to my heaviest weight as a personal trainer because I was just doing too much. I was putting so much pressure on my body and myself and um, my body was overly stressed. So I quickly put on like 25 pounds and, you know, transitioned only into the personal training world from hairstyling. And I was again, hit like another low, like this, this has to change and shift. And um, it was then that I really started to transition out of diet culture and be like, okay, how do our bodies work? And there has to be a way outside of this that I can, I can just feel good forever. Cause this, like, I can't live like this. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm so glad that you shared all that and like, thank you. Cause I think it's something that so many women struggle with, especially like most of our audience is women in their twenties, especially women in our twenties when we're like coming into this new adulthood and like figuring so much stuff out. It like, it's so hard to navigate that. And we, a lot of times want just like the quick fix or, you know, the easy route, but it, it comes with understanding our bodies. And that's a really hard thing to do. And you mentioned like the work you were putting in wasn't giving you the long-term results that you wanted. And it seems that you didn't actually start to get the inner and outer results that you wanted until you really started to understand your body. So what were some of the things that finally allowed you to understand your individual body to get you to a place of more result that you wanted and just longevity in doing this as a lifestyle versus as like a diet or like a really strict gym regimen? Like how, what was the journey to that? That's, that's such a good question. I love that you're asking that because I did, I spent most of my twenties in a body that I absolutely hated. And I look back now and I'm like, gosh, the time that I wasted truly living in a body that I hated and looking at myself in the mirror and wishing I was somebody else, like it breaks my heart. It's it's like pros and cons because it's got me to where I am now, but I think the biggest shift for me was that everything I was doing was taking away from my body. Everything I was doing was focusing on restriction. Don't do this. Don't eat carbs. Make sure you don't have to, don't eat after this, you know, this amount of time, cut calories, work out more. It was, it was, everything was taking away from my body and who I was and nothing was given back to my body. Mm -hmm. And so that was the shift that I started to make was what if I focused on what I could give my body instead of what I could take away? And then instead of, you know, if you're only focusing on taking away, you're also really chipping away at your self-worth too. Cause you're like, you're, you know, you're sort of whittling yourself down to a calorie amount and a number on a scale, which is heartbreaking. It's like, that's actually the least interesting thing about us. And when I started to focus on what I could give back to my body, 
that's when it became this really beautiful journey of what if I built my meals more satisfying? And what if I did movement that I love? Like you won't, you won't catch me going for a jog outside now. Like every once in a while I'll do intervals on a treadmill, but where I would force myself to do running and cardio and all these different things. Now it's like, I love lifting. I love strength training. Um, and I love, like if I'm doing cardio, I love like going for a bike ride outside or doing some boxing, but I would force myself to do things that I hated and it was never sustainable. And there was always a bounce back and there was always, you know, some sort of kickback from that. And when I started to say like, I think the biggest thing is I, I realized that I could form my own journey and my own relationship yeah. with my body. And that was a really cool place to be is you don't, you don't have to do a diet or a structured program or anything. You get to choose what your health and fitness looks like. And when you do choose something that aligns with you and feels good for you, it's sustainable, you're consistent, and you're naturally going to be more at the weight that you want to be because you're giving back to your body. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's, it's so powerful to hear you talk about that when you've been through all these different, you know, I guess, phases in life. Like, I think, of course, do we ever want to see like people we care about or admire struggle? No, of course not. But I think there's a very like real hopeful tone to hearing someone that was like, Hey, like I was in the depths of it. I, you know, was unhappy in my skin. I was, you know, on the yo-yo dieting, whatever it may be. And like, now I'm on the other side and I feel this peace and I feel this freedom and I feel this empowerment. I think it adds such a layer of like hope for people that like wonder if that exists for them. I know that like, it's something that totally crossed my mind so many times where I'm like, okay, like maybe that works for them, but I don't know if that's possible for me. You know, I think when you have your identity so deeply tied to like this idea of struggling that it can sometimes be really hard to get yourself out of that and to like embody it to any capacity because it's almost like I remember sentences that I would say to myself a lot would be like oh I'm fooling myself oh this isn't real like if I would feel like phases of freedom or like peace or you know not overthinking I would just be like no this is like it's a fluke to an extent right yeah so anyway I I just think it's really empowering to hear how clearly drastic the difference is in the energy that you felt then to the energy that you feel now and based on a lot of your story that we do know just based on your podcast and whatnot it's clear that you learning those tools made an impact in the way you carried yourself in other really difficult moments of life so I think it just goes to show that you know learning our worth understanding our worth understanding our value doing this like deep inner work that people probably get annoyed about (laughs) to a certain point because they're like what is the work but doing this work really does translate to every single area of life (laughs) so with all of like the I guess misinformation that's out there like I do think people talk about calories a lot they talk about macros they talk about all those things and I guess obviously it depends on your goals but what do you think is the best way to know what suits our bodies like where does somebody start oh that's that's a really good question and and one thing that you mentioned that I want to sort of touch on is that you said that you, um, when you start to shift into feeling good and feeling more intuitive, that feels awkward. That feels like not real, you know, or scary. And it just goes to show you how ingrained we are in diet culture, that control and Mm -hmm. the lowest amount of calories and celebrating, you know, like very unhealthy behaviors feels so much more normal than just living a very like intuitive life with a good relationship with food. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show you how much work we have to really do and shift to, to be able to be there. I know that wasn't your question. Can you repeat your question one more time? I'm sorry. No, No, that's a really important point. I'm glad that you said it, Katie, because I think we can also sometimes not even realize like how 
how ingrained in us it is to, yeah. to be able to take a step back and be like, what are the rules and the stories that I've taught myself to believe? Are they true? Are they really serving me? I think sometimes we don't even have the foresight to like take that step back and ask that question. So where Brenda's next question was, is like, where would you tell someone to start? I think like that totally should be number one. Right, mm-hmm. right. Un- understanding sort of your truth and where you're at, I think is number one, understanding where, you know, what things you really are struggling with. And I think one of the biggest, one of the ways that I explain it to clients is, look, we want the physical results, right? But a lot of times what we need is more of a mental and emotional shift. And like that mental and emotional shift is not going to come from eating 1200 calories, right? You're trying to put a bandaid on something that needs to be truly, truly healed. And it's understanding that we can address the physical things. Yes, but that will not stick and that will not make you happy unless you start to address the mental and emotional as well. It's, it's a whole picture. I mean, it's, it's, it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional. And then I also say it's, it's nutrition, movement, and lifestyle. It's truly just what we embody every single day. And so often we're only addressing it from the physical standpoint. And that's where we really start to come off the tracks because you're attaching one, your worth and how well you're doing only to this physical aspect, but also you're not really, nothing will be sustainable because who Like you could lose 10 pounds and you could still feel the same way you do about yourself. It was like me when I hit my lowest weight, lower than I even am now, I was the most unhappy with my body. You can lose 10 pounds. You're still going to be the same person. And most of us don't want that. We want to wake up and we want to feel different. We want to feel confident. We want to feel happy and healthy. And that's not going to shift by losing 10 pounds. Can it help? Yes. Can it help with confidence? Right. Is is working out going to give us more serotonin boost and going to make us feel better about ourselves? Sure. But there's a lot more that needs to be done. So I think, you know, number one is, is what is just saying, what can I do to give back to my body? Not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. So, okay. I, you know, maybe, maybe some of your patterns and in, in behaviors are like heavy emotional eating. It's like, okay, how do we take a step towards, we want to get more movement in. So let's go for a walk every single day. And what is really causing that emotional eating, right? Like, what are we trying to fill? Is it boredom? Is it an emotion? Is it, um, you know, are we feeling lonely? Whatever that might be. It's like, let's start to really address what's going on in our life. And then, then the physical things become easier. They become so much easier when you start to just be happy, healthy, and more confident every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a big part of it too, in the like transitioning to trying to be more intuitive or trying to be just like, have a positive approach that you've never had before. I think such a big thing that I, I know, is very top of mind for people is like being so afraid of what's on the other side of letting go of that control. Right. Like I know, especially I think because people are used to with yo-yo dieting or things that are unsustainable, they're used to gaining back every ounce of weight that they may have lost. So I think there's such a deep association with like, it must be because I let go of this control and and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. When in reality, it's like, it wasn't sustainable. (laughs) And there was a lot of mental and emotional stuff going on too. So I think that that's definitely like having that trust not just in yourself, because I think that's a huge piece of it is like people don't trust themselves to, you know, do whatever it is they say they're going to do. But I think also there's that hesitation with like doing something different than you've ever done before. Yeah. Um, and like a, a what if it doesn't work type of thing. So I, I just think that that's so, so valid. And I don't know, it's, it's just so crazy because I feel like I, we meet more and more people who have similar stories to, to yours and to mine. And all that stuff. And it's just, it's so crazy how it's so deeply ingrained in 
our society and even with so many more people now I think having the types of conversations that we're having like so many people still get stuck in those patterns and that's why I just I really appreciate what we're all doing here and trying to bring some more awareness and light to that it's possible and it doesn't have to be torture yeah absolutely and I think it's it's understanding too that we're not just going to get from like zero to a hundred right we're not going to get like unstuck from diet culture and then all of a sudden live this massively intuitive life because that's way too big of a leap it's way too big of a jump in an ask to be able to do that so you have people that go from this structure and want to take this big jump into intuitive eating and they're like oh intuitive eating didn't work I gained weight well you went from the most structure rigid stuff to being able to say hey I can have whatever I want this is actually I'm in the process of developing a small group program that really, really brings both together because I want to teach you that you can find a balance between both and structure isn't bad, right? Mm -hmm. Structure, a lot of people need that structure, but how do we let it not let us affect it negative, not let us let it affect us negatively. So for example, diet culture is so ingrained in this like masculine energy. If you're into the masculine feminine energies, but masculine energy, like you know, you have rules, you have meal plans, you're tracking your macros, you're tracking your food. And then you have this very feminine energy. That's like, I want to move my body in a way that feels good. And I want to, you know, eat more intuitively and just be more in tune with my body to where I don't feel like I have to live up to all of this structure. And I really want to teach you how to bring both together. Right. Cause I think both are really important. Yeah. You can't, you can't go from a diet culture to zero structure at all without feeling like you're completely failing and, and off track. So I think it's understanding that you get to create your reality. You get to create your own program. It's there's nothing wrong with structure and don't let the intuitive eating community make you feel like you can't have, you know, goals that are set towards your body or want to, you know, be more confident or want to lose weight. Those things are okay and positive and it's okay to have some structure around it, but don't cross the line to where it gets unhealthy. And then, you know, you have people that hate on the intuitive eating world, like, oh, just eat whatever you want. And it's like, no, it's not about that. It's about just eating what makes us feel good you know, in that moment. So it's sort of molding the two together, which I always find there's a lot of black and white in the health and fitness industry. And I, I typically will find myself in the middle on both on most everything. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes for most things in life. Like it's almost never black and white. You're almost always doing better when you're living in that gray area and taking things from both. Like we are just not meant to be so binary. Like it, it really does us a disservice. I think to like feel like I was talking about those stories before to feel like we have to like be labeled as one thing or be one way when, when I could take a little bit of this and I could take a little bit of that. And like, that is what you know, ends up making the biggest difference in our life. But I think what you said before, Kitty, about how there might be, failure is the wrong word, but like quote unquote failures along the way in this journey. And I think that that is like a really difficult place for people. So when you were in your journey of like figuring out what was right for you and and living in this black zone and then living in this white zone and then figuring out how to get to the gray, like what were the things that, kept you going when you felt discouraged? Um, that's a really good question. And I think that's hard. I, I don't know if there's like things that I can pinpoint. I think the biggest thing for me is how I was feeling. Mm. And this isn't, this is with health and fitness and diet culture, but this is just with life in general, because here I am in my mid thirties, I've made so many mistakes along the way in, in, in my life and had to sort of pick up along the way. But I, I just, it's like, I knew something wasn't right. I knew I was meant for more in with my health and fitness and with life. And you just start to make these small steps along the way that 
give you this confidence. But I think the biggest thing is understanding that it doesn't happen overnight. And you got to figure out what is the most important for you to really go after and start with that and just take like these small steps forward as you go. But I, again, I think the biggest thing is, is understanding that we get to create our reality. If, if you, if you don't see yourself doing it long-term, that's probably not something that's good for you because you're eventually going to feel like you're failing. You know, so for me, it was like cutting out all of those things that were, were long-term, um, you know, that, that weren't long-term. It was saying that, okay, I don't want to be doing this when I'm, you know, 30, 40 years old. Why the heck am I doing this now? But I think when I felt discouraged and knocked down, um, it was really recognizing how far I had come. And because I think it's very easy. I think the discouragement and the knockdowns happen with weight. You know, typically when we get on the scale, when we weigh ourselves and we feel like we're not seeing the results that we want, that's when we're most likely to feel knocked down. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding that there's so much more progress than just the weight on the scale. One thing I go over with my clients and we hear it all the time, right? But it's like, okay, so yes, maybe your weight hasn't changed much in the last three to four weeks, but you're, you're eating foods that you love again. You're developing a healthier relationship with food. You're starting to love the movement that you're doing. You're having more energy on a daily basis. All of these things are going in the right direction. Why are we putting so much value on that number on the scale? Right. When like all these other things are like starting to bring you joy and fulfillment and. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like there, and I love that you said joy and fulfillment. It's, it's finding things outside of the scale that bring you joy and fulfillment Mm -hmm. because that actually doesn't like. That's sort of BS. Like, yeah, sometimes it feels good to hop on there and see that go down, but like, does that really fill you up inside? And if it does, then we got to find something else to shift that perspective in life. Like we got to find some other hobbies that like really light you up and fill you up. So it's, it's, it's just, I think it's as a whole picture saying that like detaching yourself from the weight on the scale, detaching yourself from diet culture, there's still going to be ups and downs. This process is never linear. It's not meant to be. I've been out of my, you know, obsession and diet culture and disordered eating for, I don't know, six plus years now, but I still have ups and downs, right? Like I, if you, I don't know if you guys have followed my story at all, but I moved to Colorado. I accidentally hired, I didn't accidentally, like they were a legitimate moving company and they stole all of my things. I like, literally can't, I, I can't, <laughs> I just need to stop you because I cannot believe that this happened. Like I did, I was looking at your whole journey and I was like, oh my God, Katie, like I wanted to just give you the biggest it, hug. It is so crazy. It was, it has been the, the craziest experience you could possibly imagine. Like they paid for all these like five-star reviews on Google. They have like 15 moving companies attached to their I, name. Like and they haven't been truly caught yet until now, but, um, yeah, so like, it doesn't matter. And like, there are going to be times in your life where these things get triggered again. And this, yeah. this for me was very triggering, right? For like sure. I went from, you know, teaching six fitness classes a week at Equinox strength training five days a week, you know, really having a healthy relationship with food to a, a place where I had nothing. Like my first week here, I had to like order food out, which for me, I had like, I don't do that a lot. I didn't have access to a gym. None of my workout equipment was here. My whole three months completely shifted. And I also struggled a little bit with depression because of the whole situation that was happening. Um, But, but it's when you're, when you're more sound in yourself, when you're more confident, 
as your journey goes on, these things will knock you down less and less, but it's understanding that they'll still come back. And it's just learning how to navigate them even better and coming back stronger each time. Like, don't let it, don't let it completely knock you down. Did I, did I, you know, fluctuate five or six pounds in the last couple of months? Yeah, of course I have. Am I getting down on myself for it? No, I just went through the hardest three months of my life. Mm. Everybody knows that Brenna and I are super big on habits and having and maintaining habits that help us live our best lives. And sometimes we need a little help tracking those habits so that we can make sure we're staying on top of things in order to reach our goals, whatever our goals may be. And that's why today we're talking about Noom. Noom is a great tool to help you track your habits in order to reach your health and wellness goals, whatever they may be if you have them, which if you don't, all good. But if you have a health or wellness goal, Noom is a great tool to help you out. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. And again, this is so personal. And Noom understands that everybody's goals are unique and what works for someone else might not work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible. It focuses on on progress and not perfection, which we love, allowing you to work towards your goals at a pace that is comfortable and right for you, whatever those goals may be. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. For sure. And I think something really powerful that it seems like you embody is like, I think we have a tendency sometimes, oh, there goes my light, um, a tendency sometimes to like make things really all defining. Like I know, kind of like you said, like there have been, I have come leaps and bounds when it comes to like my relationship to food and my body. But like sometimes when I do feel either a certain thought or, or like urge or feeling to, to whether it is like eat emotionally or just like habitually, whatever it is, like I do feel very like Oh, you know, um, how do I describe this? Like, oh, that's evidence that like this, this freedom isn't real or like something like that. And I make it all defining. So it's not to say that there's not like any sort of meeting at all. And like, I should just not think about it, but I do think I have a tendency to like get down on myself for that. Cause I'm like, oh, you should have learned this by now. You should, you should have figured this out or like, you know what I mean? So I think it's really empowering and helpful to hear that someone like you who has made so many strides forward in your own journey like still has moments where like certain things do trigger you and it's not even if it's a thought but like it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or wrong with you know or that you're behind or stuff like that yeah it's really helpful to hear that we get so down on ourselves, right? We feel so, we feel so guilty and so ashamed. And I mean, for me to say that like emotional eating didn't sneak in the last couple of months, like, no, like sometimes like emotion can be attached, can be attached to food. Right. And sometimes it can be in a positive way and in a negative way, Mm -hmm. but then you pull back and you say like, okay, so like I needed a little food hug, big deal. And what is the point of getting frustrated or feeling down or feeling less worthy because all that's going to do is make you spiral downwards. Yeah. The one question I think it's always important to ask yourself is like, what do I really need? Like, mm-hmm. even if you went down an emotional eating path or a lot of women I work with struggle with like the binge eating, right? Cause they're so heavily tied to restriction that it's very easy to bounce to, to the binging, especially when you're feeling emotional, but it's like, what do you really need? And give yourself that and like release the guilt, release the shame, release all that BS, because what is that going to do? 
it's going to bring you down more. And like, we're not looking to go back in that direction. Right. Like, let's learn, like, like every time we have that situation, it's a way to learn to say like, okay, what do I really need? How could I honor my body better? Like what, what, what does Katie actually really need? Or what does Brenda actually really need in this moment? And when you're able to bring it back to a moment of intention like that, even if it's after the fact, it's the most helpful thing you can do is just to understand why you were feeling that way. And then growth will always come out of that situation. Mm, Yeah. I think it's really helpful to hear that from, from someone like you. And I keep saying that, but I really think so is because I think a lot of times when people paint a picture of like freedom or peace, I think sometimes whether they do it intentionally or not, it's almost like, oh, and I never felt this again (laughs) and it never came back into my life. And then I think, although that sounds lovely, it does set like a false expectation for people that if you do, then you're not good. You're not okay. (laughs) And then you're shaming yourself and like nothing good comes from shaming yourself. Yes. We, we set this, like, this is what's crazy. I think on social media too, is healing is like glorified. Like it's this beautiful, like sunshine, rainbows, butterflies. I'm like, healing is like the ugliest, messiest process (laughs) you could go through. And also that you'll like get to some place and then you'll just be great forever. Like, yeah. Like spinning in a field full of flowers. Like that's how (laughs) I feel like, like Instagram makes healing look like, but it's like, no, it's actually diving to the deep. It's going through Mm. these things and learning from them. It's ugly crying. It's doing all the things that are necessary where we, we tend to lean away from that. And the best thing we can do is lean into that emotional, because like the only way to get through it is to lean into it. But yeah, we're always feeling guilty. Like I shouldn't be feeling like this and sort of shaming ourselves for that. So we never really get through the healing process because then the other end of it is really freaking beautiful. Like, yes, it is. Doesn't mean that it won't come up again. You won't get triggered again. But on the other end of it is, is a more evolved person that's more confident yeah. in herself um, yeah. and, and stronger in how she can handle situations. But if you run away from it always, it won't get healed. It's like, no, lean into it, let yourself go through that, and then just one foot in front of the other. Yeah. 100%. And I think, I think when we're going through like difficult times in our life, when we're facing mm-hmm. obstacle, whatever it may be for someone, like it's hard to sometimes want to do the things that make us feel good but I think like what you said about finding things to add to your life and your body instead of like taking away from it when we find the things that really do make us feel good like you said before like having those routines and rituals and things that you add into your day actually make going through the obstacles easier rather than it being like a chore on top of the healing like it actually becomes the thing that like helps you do the healing like I know when I for me like I've had more things in terms of like my spirituality versus like um physical fitness but when I was going through like a trans like a huge transition in my life like for a period of time I like threw away all of like the things that made me feel good I threw away my yoga practice I threw away my meditation I threw away I love to cook for myself like I wasn't cooking for myself I was ordering in like the whole time because I was like going through a big move like I I know that you did so I'm sure you can relate and I was like telling Brenda like I'm sure I was like I feel crappy like I have all this exciting stuff going on and I feel crappy Mm -hmm. because I was going through a transition and I just decided to like throw away all the things that like really aid my life and when I started to up right and when I started to bring those things back it's like oh this isn't like a chore this isn't like because it takes time like this isn't taking away from my life like this is the stuff that makes 
me be able to do yeah. all these other things and yeah. thrive. It's the stuff that gives you energy that lights you up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the giving back. And one thing that you said, I think like we always think that habits and routines will take away our freedom in yeah. our, in, in our life. Like it's like, it's almost like one more thing to do to add to the to-do list, but a lot of times they can create freedom, right? Yeah. Like yoga practice for you probably creates a lot more sound mind and a lot yeah. better energy for you to be able to show up in life different. So a lot of these things add to our life and not take away. And it's, it's getting away from like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. Like, you don't have to do anything yep. you don't want to do. You know, it's, you want to do things that you truly want to do. But if you make them structure all the time and make it feel really rigid and crappy, it's going to feel rigid and crappy. Yeah, yeah that's such a good point. It's yeah. such a good point. And I think with a, a couple of things off of that, you talked about like leaning into something mm-hmm. and leaning into the the discomfort or leaning into maybe things that we have a tendency to avoid. And if, I guess I think about it in, in relationship to everything we've already been talking about, but I do think that sometimes we almost like perpetuate our own cycles and avoid like getting to the root of it because it's really hard to like deal with and navigate. But I do think that a lot of times, I think everybody has like something, whether currently or in the past that like maybe has held them back from feeling fully present, from feeling fully confident, feeling fully aligned, whatever it is. And if someone's listening right now and there's something that they've been like avoiding, tending to avoiding healing, avoiding like all that stuff, like what's your biggest piece of advice for them to like finally take the leap and like dive in, like dig deep so that they can live present, presently in in the present. (laughs) I think the biggest thing is um, speaking your truth and owning your truth is, is really the first step because so many yeah. times we're not, we're not even really aware of it. You know, it's like a really hard thing to be like, hey, I struggle with emotional eating yeah. or a really hard thing to be like, hey, I never feel motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's number one is like speaking that truth and owning that truth and what might be holding you back the most. And then it's like, what boundaries do you need to set to get there? Yeah. You know, I couldn't have got from from where I was at to where I am today without setting boundaries, without, you know, setting, especially with social media and saying, look, these things no longer serve me. And I'm obsessing over them. This has got to go setting boundaries with people in your life that don't make you feel good. And then Mm -hmm. also adding things in your life that light you up. You know, one, one big thing I like to do is, is a hell yes and a hell no list. So it's like, okay, so the the hell no list is things that are not serving me. And that doesn't have to be just in business or just in health and fitness. It can be in life in general. And then your hell yes list is everything that lights you up and makes you feel good and makes you feel worthy. I love this. Yeah. So how do we start getting rid of the hell no's and adding more in of the hell yeses? And when you make that list, like you can get as deep as you want. You can start with surface level stuff that might be really easy. And there's going to be some really hard things. Like maybe your relationship isn't serving you. And that goes on the list of like, hey, this kind of feels icky. Or maybe that's more of like a middle of the road column where it's something that you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. But getting it out on paper and understanding these are the things that are making me really unhappy. And these are the things that are making me happy. And how do we start to, to just sort of shift? Because you're never going to, if you want to step into new energy in your life and feeling like a better better human every single day, like more, you want to feel happy, healthy, confident, more aligned. That doesn't happen without shifting some energy in your life. It doesn't happen without saying, Hey, I need to set boundaries here so it can open up more time for things that I love. Um, so I think just creating a ton of awareness and truth and honesty with yourself is, is really like the first step. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's I love that. I want to hell yes, hell no list. I'm going to do it today. It's honestly the best. I have all my clients do it. I'm like, what what is your hell no list? What is your hell yes list? 
it's amazing how many clients I've had shift to becoming nutrition coaches or like I have one, one client that's getting her master's in nutrition right now. When you, when you start to realize how your body works, you get yeah. so excited about it, that it, it just, and not even people that like, I've had women just shift careers in general, because it just gives you this like beautiful confidence where you're like, Hey, this is actually what I'm worthy of. And this is what I want to start to go after in life. And when you start to release these um, sort of like shackles that you've had on yourself. And when you start to release the idea that like you are, are not worthy because you're worthy of anything you truly want in life, then all of a sudden your life will just truly change. Oh, it's, it's so true. And this is like exactly where I wanted to go next with the conversation. Yeah. Katie, you're like reading our mind, <laughs> uh, but speaking of like shifts and transitions a lot of like on this show we talk about like the idea that you're supposed to have it all together in your 20s mm -hmm. I think that that's something Brenda and I felt and something that our friends have felt and our audience like is constantly battling against but we know that you have gone through some like huge shifts in your 30s yeah. um which I love and I love that you talk about and I'm so excited and please share with us whatever you feel comfortable sharing but what have you learned along the way in those transitions and how did you how did you navigate them I think people feel so afraid to say like I don't have it all together I need to pivot I need to shift how yeah. did you navigate that feeling oh I, I wish I had like a straight answer for that you don't I have ha to have a straight yeah one. I've I've been through a ton of shifts and a lot of them came from not owning who I was in my 20s mm. you know I got married when I was 30 years old with someone I had been with since I was 18 and quickly within two or three years I was getting a divorce and like I come from a family where we don't do that right like I come from a super conservative family divorce isn't talked about being unhappy in your relationship isn't talked about mm -hmm. and I knew that I shouldn't have got married but I wasn't at the time I was just making the shift of becoming who I really wanted to be and stepping into that. And it felt, it was a situation where it was like, it felt like the next step. Um, and, and th these, these were some of the hardest, hardest decisions I would have to make, but it got to a point where I, I could not wake up another day and pretend that I was somebody that I wasn't, you know, I always known that I've been different and did things different in life and thought different than most people. And I tried to hide that for so long. And when I, every single day, like I, I lived my life with so much stress and so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I see this with women. I mean, I work with so many women in their twenties that are just completely stressed out. So unhappy. They don't even know where to go or what to do yeah. yep. because they're living a life that's not meant for them. They're living a 100%. life that society has told them that they should live when really it's not what they want to do. And one question I'll ask is like, if screw it all, if you could do anything you wanted to do, like, what would you do? Yep. And the answers that come out of this are like amazing. And then the question is, what makes you think you can't have that? Mm. Ooh, yeah. You know, like we, it's our limiting beliefs that make us think that we can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. I, I think our, our entire audience needs to hear that because we do place those limits, like whether it is for whatever reason, whether it's like, oh, you know, I have to be financially stable before doing that, or I have to be a certain size or whatever it may be. Like, I really do think we hold off on so many dreams and visions, or even like allowing ourselves to consider them because of all of those beliefs. So I think it's, it's incredibly powerful to hear that and to just be reminded that like, we, we can, we choose, <laughs> like we have the choice yeah. to yeah. you know give our attention to, um, and all of that stuff. So I, so thank you <laughs> for sharing that. And I think too, like when it comes to the just fitness and health, and I have like a, 
sometimes a hard time putting this into the right words because I think it's different for everyone like different outlets do have the same results for different people like something that's going to light me up is going to be different from what lights Julia up what lights you up um but I do think that like so much of what I've felt with fitness um as of lately where it used to be torture I used to hate it I used to like hide from it if I could but now I try so hard to like explain to people in my life that it is, although I do have certain goals and whatever, um, it's become so much more about the type of person that I'm becoming throughout the process of like doing something that I always associated wasn't for me, right? Like you, I used to have to like walk the mile in high school. And like, if you told me that I would have ran a half marathon at that time, I would have been like, no shot. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. Like it's, it's just, I think it's so much more about who you're becoming along the way to whatever this dream is. And I think that that's, what's really cool about setting those things and getting clear on them is, is who you become along the way. Of course. And, and know that like lean into the fact that change is scary and stepping into a different version of you is a really scary thing. And it takes time. Just like you said, I could have never seen myself, you know, running, running a half marathon, like because that, that's not how it works. And the steps, steps don't work like that. And I think from a, from a different health and fitness standpoint for me is like, you know, one of the scariest things for me was when I was living, you know, with my husband, he was making six figures. I had my business and it was successful, but like, that was my comfort, right? That was the life that I thought I had wanted. And then I had to step into this totally different life where I had to go from that to like living in, in a townhouse and you know, really making do with life where like when I first moved out, I didn't even have enough money to like pay all my bills that first month. I didn't know how I was going to do that. And then it's saying that like, then then I was able to build my business and then I was able to move to Colorado and all of these things happened. And it takes time. Change is scary as heck, Mm -hmm. you know, stepping into a different version of you, just like you said, you're more concerned about who you are as a person and follow that. It becomes less scary when you follow that. And when that's your focus and everything else will fall into place, how it's meant to be. Um, I think we, we stray away from change and we stray away from trying new things so often because we can't see the outcome, right? When you can't see an outcome, it's scary. It's, it's like, there's, we want this like tactical way to get from A to Z. And if we don't know it, we don't do it. Yeah. But you get to a point where like staying the same is scarier than, than the change actually is. And when you get to that point is when the change really starts to happen. And you start to say like, okay, I want to be a different person. I want to focus on who I want to be instead of like diet culture or whatever, whatever it is that is holding you back. A hundred percent. It's so beautifully said. And Katie, I can't thank you enough. Like this conversation has been so deep and beautiful and definitely went down a different path than I thought it was going to go down, but I really loved it. And I think that we really hit on such important things that so many women are facing in their 20s, whether it has to be with your body, whether it has to be with going through changes, whether it's both, which a lot of times it is, and that's okay. And there's people out there to like support you and like be on the journey with you. And you have in all of your transitions built this incredible business and incredible community. So tell us a little bit about that. Like what is working with you? Like, what can someone expect when they come to your page, to your programs? Please like tell us all about how you structure your, this amazing thing that you do. Yeah. I love that question. So with my one-on-one clients, that's sort of like my all access where um, basically we're working one-on-one very closely together. I do either three month or six month coaching and I work 
heavily with like metabolism with women. Um, cause I want to get your body to work for you instead of against yeah. you. And, and that really is a different route for each person. One-on-one coaching is completely tailored to you and where you're at. Um, but that's for people that really feel like they need support and accountability along the way. And it's actually beautiful. The relationships that I develop with my clients, they become like my yeah. friends. Yeah. Um, and so there's my one-on-one. I have a small group program called master your metabolism. That's actually being transitioned into part master your metabolism, but then also that sort of like, how do we find like the master of metabolism, but a little bit more intuitive as well. Um, and then I have my podcast, which I, I love. My podcast is called crying burns calories. Mm-hmm. And such a good title. I, I love it because it's just, it's such a real, real title. Yeah. So, um, my podcast is a platform that I, I love. I'm super passionate about. I give, I, I talk about nutrition and fitness, but I talk about life in general, the messies, the ups and downs show imperfections, because that's really like, like, life's not perfect. It's not meant to be. So that's where you're going to get some real raw conversation is on there. Um, but yeah, those are the, those are the best ways to like, find me, connect me, work with me. And then obviously Instagram is my main platform and conditioned by Katie is my, my handle. Incredible. Katie, thank you so much. We just have one last question for you before we let you go. We asked this to all of our guests. If you could tell 20 year old Katie, one thing, what would you tell her? Oh my gosh. That's a really good question. Honestly, I would tell her that it's going to be okay. Cause I think that's what she wanted to hear. You know, I think, yeah. I think 20 year old Katie just wanted to know safety that she was going to be okay. Cause that's why she chose a path that wasn't for her for so long. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I, th- I think it's something so many people, women, everyone in their twenties needs to hear is we're, we're so afraid of like, what if it doesn't work out? What if I don't get there? What if I don't make it? What if I don't have, you know, this dream life, all those things. So to just know, Hey, no matter what, it's going to be okay. But what if it does? Yeah. Yeah. What what if if it it does? does? What if you fly? Yes. Um, Katie, thank you so much. Everybody, please be sure to go check out Katie's page. Check out what she has to offer. Check out her podcast. It's so fun. So authentic. Um, It's it's honestly just like so great to listen to. So definitely check her out. And Katie, thank you for sharing your heart with us. It really was so impactful. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring 20s Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.